Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today, Missouri Training Institute. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. You know, I listened to last week's episode, and um, where I think you'd mentioned that you were like, hello. I can't wait. I always get so excited. I, I love that kind of energy for these podcast episodes. And I hope our listeners do, too. So, um, again, we're always interested in your comments or your questions. Send those in to us, mti at missouri.edu. Today's topic. All right. We're continuing along this leadership lane, still driving down that lane there. And uh, now we're going to start adding some solar panels uh, to <laughs> our house. A lot of people are doing that these days. Yeah. Really? Are. You know, we think about it a lot of times we, we get this idea, you know, people are talking about time and if I only had enough time and, you know, what I would do with my time and what we know is time is a finite resource. And so you're only getting 24 hours in a day. Energy, on the other hand, all right, totally different story on that. And so that's kind of where my brain was going with this solar panel piece is really recognizing how are you showing up? What is what is the your energy like as a leader? And how are you then knowing what you know about your energy, channeling it to really empower your team members and the people within that workplace, within that that building? Right. And so, Ray, I want to kind of toss it to you as the um, master practitioner in the Energy Leadership Index. Can you talk for our listeners a little bit about what ELI is? Yes. ELI is an assessment that kind of takes this intangible idea about somebody's energy or potential and makes it tangible by asking questions that gauge your perspective on situations. And so through this uh, valid and reliable assessment, it determines your energy production, right? And so they they talk about energy from two different spaces. There are two different types of energy. And one is what we call catabolic. And so that's more of kind of the, the tearing down. So when you think about, you know, hormones and, and catabolic, those that kind of break down muscle, break down tissue, um, that's what catabolic energy refers to, kind of the breaking down of systems, this tearing down force. Anabolic is the other type of energy. And this is the building up, Mm -hmm. right? So again, you know, thinking of our anabolic systems um, in each of us. Now, when you're in catabolic, it is it's it's usually uh, characterized by stress and people become pretty singularly focused because, you know, when you've encountered a stressor, it's very hard to look up and notice the bigger picture and and be in multiple places. We tend to be very focused on that particular stressor um, and and, you know, eliminating that that feeling of stress in anabolic states. We are more open, right? It's it's not characterized by stress. It's it's a lens through which we we work with, you know, naturally, mm-hmm. more naturally. The reason I really love this ELI is Unlike the other ones that we're certified in, um, emotional intelligence to some degree, um, definitely Clifton, is this is what's called an attitudinal 
assessment. And so it speaks to the idea that once you become more aware of the energy that you're resonating, because energy attracts like energy, the more you are conscious to make different choices, right? And so, as we say in our leadership, you can lead by default or you can lead by choice. Mm -hmm. And so this is about making you aware of that, raising your consciousness, therefore raising your potential energy, right? Utilizing that um, at a higher wattage. And I love that. I love that. It kind of helps to prove that old adage that attitude, you know, because it is an attitudinal assessment, um, that it really is a choice. Right. And we can get down and we can wallow around in this negative energy, this energy that tears things down, like you talked about, or we can make a different choice. Right. And more of that building type of energy. Yeah. Dewey, so I, I want to ask you this because I know you, you've talked on previous episodes about different organizations you've worked in where you might have seen different levels of energy, maybe oh gosh, some yes. a little <laughs> bit more um, catabolic than others. Yeah. And so uh, from a leader's point of view, if you are spending or resonating too often, too frequently, too consistently at maybe that catabolic level, what happens, number one, to you as a leader, but then number two, to the morale culture? of the organization? Well, I would say that uh, misery likes company, right? And um, when you um, have those victims, um, oftentimes is kind of what I refer to them, you know, where they feel powerless. They don't feel that they have any control over even themselves. Um, it's easy, I think, to live out in that area because, you know, you get to blame other people or other things for the way your life is going. Um, and I will say that oftentimes what I found is that leaders are setting kind of bad examples mm -hmm. um, and people can then just feed off that negative energy that they are that they're of, of those examples that they're setting. So, again, I don't think they're being very intentional about the choice they're going to make when they walk in that day about their attitudes. And how it's affecting how the it's people affecting around them. them. Yeah. And, you know, that was a, that's a great example of that energy attracts like energy. Mm -hmm. So if you're operating at a low wattage, right, in the in the catabolic like levels one or level two, then that's how you're most likely to perceive everything and therefore give off that vibe of, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to say this because uh, every level, catabolic or anabolic, has advantages and disadvantages, oh, sure. right? The, the, the unique thing that I work with clients on is, are you choosing that, right? Or is it, is it just a default mode? So the higher you can resonate, the higher your levels of energy. And of course, once you get into the anabolic energy levels, the easier it is for you to consciously choose that because I might have somebody in, um, you know, a, a more passive space and tolerating things, um, coping, you know, and, and it's positive in that they're, they're using that rationalization to move forward. Mm -hmm. So you actually think that it, that's a good thing. Yet again, back to the tolerating, right? So we might actually work on dropping them down into a catabolic level like a, a level two, because level two comes with some action, mm. right? Because it, it's conflict, it's defiance. But 
where they've gone from just coping and tolerating, now they're actually choosing to do something about whatever they're coping with. And so, but again, that's an intentional choice, right? And and we we go up and down all day. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we have our, our natural resonating um, space. We have our average resonating level. And that takes into consideration, like just when things are going well, how are you resonating? What's your energy level? And then the ELI talks about your stress reaction and where we go in our energy levels when we meet a particular stressor. And then your average resonating level takes a look at both of those and comes up with, uh, you know, what, it, what is your average level? Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you resonate at? Mm-hmm. So what's interesting to me is I, my brain is working as I'm, I'm utilizing some energy right now as, as uh, you're, you're <laughs> describing all this, right? Because as I'm thinking through, obviously you're talking a lot about the intentionality that it, you know, it's going to require to maybe move between the different levels. And um, some would say that's also using energy. So, you know, how do you pull, from an empty tank. Energy in this regard isn't like we would talk about like ego depletion. Um, self-control is is a finite. This is everybody has, you know, let's let's take a light bulb, for example, because you can buy a 40 watt light bulb. You can buy a 75. You can buy a three way light bulb. Um, all of us are like light bulbs. We're all, you know, 10 million watt light bulbs. And so the idea is that at higher energy levels, you're actually creating more light, right? Mm-hmm. If you go up to till 10 million watts, um, as opposed to staying in a low resonating level. So we're all, whether whether we're in a level seven energy, kind of this, you know, uh, transcendent space, or whether we're at our lowest level energy, level one in a victim space, we still are a 10 million watt bulb. So it, it's not about like gas in a tank and when you use it, it goes down. It's are you fulfilling the potential, the potential of your energy? Mm-hmm. Um, because we are all made of energy. We are all energy. Mm-hmm. Right. My whole kind of, uh, metaphor of solar panels is kicking in here, too. Right? Because you're it talking is. about energy is attracting like energy. So energy from the sun, solar panels. Yeah, my brain, my brain's on a building spiel here. So let's talk, you know, obviously on this team. And when we here's the other thing, my listeners, we are we we did a whole episode on this, a 30 minute episode talking a lot about this. I'll put that in the podcast description so that you can link back and listen to that one. But, you know, I want to just kind of share our, I guess our journeys or our stories for our listeners in this space, because all of us have taken this assessment and um, right when, right after you got certified in it, right? And so as we think through, um, and I'll think through maybe big picture things or um, changes that we've noticed, any continued benefits that that taking this assessment has had, what would you say it's been for you? For me, I uh, with any assessment, any assessment that we've ever taken here, you know, part of it is is affirming like, OK, that that makes sense to me. So this also fell in line with those types of things. Um, but it also I, I was encouraged by the idea that you can change right. your energy resonance. Now, I, I, I please don't misunderstand that it's just as easy as like flipping a switch and your attitude change, because a lot of our energy 
and the levels of our energy are related to our belief systems, mm-hmm. right? They're related to, and these, these things aren't just right at the surface. No, these things are ingrained. Yes. Years yes. and years and years. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we talk about it like, oh, just raise your wattage, right? Just shine brighter right. kind of thing. But it's not that easy. Mm-mm. It's not because, you know, we have a lot of interpretations, you know, a lot of assumptions that we're making, a lot of limiting beliefs that we have. And, you know, I know Brianna and I have talked about like the gremlin inside mm-hmm. that's, you know, pops its head and says, oh, you know what? You're not good enough. Right. right. You know, and we so, all have those kind of. Absolutely. Um, that's one thing I will say my experience of taking this is it helped me to get back to those gremlins a little bit (laughs) and not to say that I'm going to be able to get rid of them, but I can recognize them and say, Oh, little gremlin, there you are, you know? Um, But because I know I've raised that consciousness now, now I can make a different choice. It becomes a little easier to make a little different choice then. Yeah. That's how I've experienced it. Yeah. Give him a different job. Yeah. 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 Give him a different job. And I'm kind of I'm kind of on uh, on the same path as both of you as I think through uh, where I've been with this now in full transparency. And I've, I've told listeners, even when I did my EQ, it took me a while to really just digest everything, come to terms, because sometimes there's an emotional element to, to understanding yourself better. Um, but it's now giving the concept of being able to change it, to be intentional and to actually see that change. If you were to take the assessment later on, it's giving me a goal. And so um, look. Looking ahead and really considering now, how can I be or show up the best I can be, um, knowing, raising my level of awareness and how can I set that goal to where I do want to maybe be able to pick the different scenarios and the places where I'd show up at different energy levels. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, that's something that we haven't done yet. And we probably should think about doing that um, in the future, in the near future, is taking the assessment again yeah. just to seeing what changes may have taken place. Yeah. And that's what's also unique about this. And that's why a lot of organizations are leaning into this assessment is because they can, you know, they, they're, they're people, they as leaders can take this assessment, work with a coach and develop kind of that plan, maybe walk through some of those, you know, belief systems and assumptions and interpretations and then work that plan and then take the assessment again in, you know, a year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what an attitudinal assessment is meant to do is mm-hmm. is gauge that difference. Whereas I'm still probably going to be my personality. Right. Right. Like an extrovert's an extrovert. I'm. You can pay me to be quiet, but I'm still an extrovert inside. I can right? pay you to be quiet. It still wouldn't happen. <laughs> no, no. For a little while. For a little while. Yeah. That's why I say it's never about the money. It's never about the money. So as we kind of continue along this this lane with this particular topic today, you know, we wanted to bring some awareness to that idea and how you can be uh, take a practical step forward in understanding your energy levels. But now what is it? Well, now it's got to be how are you channeling that energy to really kind of go out and to empower teams? And you already mentioned, Ray, that energy attracts like energy. And so as we think about this idea of empowering your team members, um, talk about the importance of shifting kind of that focus from getting pe- getting more out of people, because I feel like we're in that space now, to really investing more in them and how that can benefit in the uh, area of empowerment. Well, I think you touched on it right away when you said, you know, 
self-awareness as a leader is so important and Mm -hmm. not just related to, you know, an energy level, but, you know, your emotional intelligence and your competency, you know, so there is that balance of uh, both sides Mm -hmm. of, of our who we are and shifting that energy to a space of less judgment, um, you know, kind of is for me is freeing, right? Mm -hmm. That I, I control me. I think all of us believe that, right? That we control ourselves regardless of the situation we're in. Doesn't necessarily mean we do it, right? Just, but that we have the ability to do that. Um, and just knowing your impact on others, um, and how your thoughts really do carry forward in your actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you cannot not set an example, right? One way or the other. <laughs> One way or the other, you're setting an example, you know, every time you show up. So um, I think that, I think when we think about the idea of empowerment, um, I think a lot of novice leaders feel that if they empower, their employees that they're going to kind of lose control yes um of them you know and therefore losing control of the outcomes that they're ultimately held responsible for but i don't really think that they understand that it's not about abandoning your control it's really about transforming the control into self-control so as a leader um if i can um get other people to start making better and better and better decisions, right? Um, they have more self-control, right? So with me, when I think about the term empowerment, um, I think it's not about um, abandoning your control because I, I really think it's more about with account- with empowerment comes more accountability, not less accountability. So for example, if I'm going to empower you to start making more and more of your own decisions, then you know what? You need to be held responsible for those decisions um, because those will play out with other people on your team. Um, now, how do you do that? Well, you make sure people know what they're doing. You make sure that they have the skills, the tools, the the resources they need in order to be able to uh, do the work. But I don't want to be the one standing over them, watching every little thing that they're doing. Right. Um, you know, if allowed, people can use their own minds to your benefit. Right. <laughs> right? Um, if allowed, um, they can develop good relationships on their own with other employees. You know, if allowed, they can really know how they make a meaningful difference. All can be very important to creating that empowerment. Mm-hmm. I just think, unfortunately, um, a lot of no- novice leaders are really, really only concerned about the tasks getting done, right? right? And so that's what they're they're delegating to you is these tasks, and they're and they're over watching every little step and every little move you make in order to make sure they're getting done. That's tra- micromanagement. Yeah. Well, you know, but think about it. I mean, traditionally, that's how we've been measured. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it was really, you know, I'll use my situation as an example here because it it was a very big 
shift in how I viewed work when I transitioned from the police department to Missouri Training Institute. This idea of autonomy, let me, I, it, <laughs> I it remember. Was very I uncomfortable remember. to me. Very uncomfortable yeah. to me because I was very used to kind of that militaristic uh, top down approach and, you know, and you do as you're told and, um, and, and nothing against that. I think that they're, I, that's how they have to operate. And so I will, I will just say that. But in this case, it was really recognizing. And I do remember the first, after I finally got over that hump, those first few years here, I was like, I can do this and I can do this. And, <laughs> and, oh, and how, how about this guys? What do you think of this? And, um, probably too much to a point where then I had to kind of rein it back in a little bit, but, you know, having leaders who were really open to those new ideas. And then you all are very intentional with telling me to kind of upskill and to keep my training moving forward. Um, you know, th- those things matter for yeah. really empowering people. Yeah. So, you know, people are more committed to what they help create. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. And so just exactly what you were talking about, you know, if, if it's their idea, then they definitely want to be account, you know, held to it. Um, I also think the other side of that not only is do they have the ability Right. Through the skills and the, the talents and, and strengths and things like that. Um, but are they willing? Mm. And that's a lot of times where some of this intangible stuff comes up, you know, the emotional intelligence yeah. of the leader, um, attitude, you know, attitude, attitude yeah. absolutely. The energy, you know, that you're you're putting off, you know, are you resonating at 20 watts or are you resonating at a million watts? Um, tap into the willingness of your people. Mm hmm. Yeah. People surprise you, you know, if they if they know exactly where we're going and they've got the skills to get there, they've got the tools, they've got the resources to make it happen. Um, I've always been pleasantly surprised, you know, with with uh, with people. Talk a little bit. I get, you know, we, we were obviously talking about this concept of empowering your team members as a leader's point of view. But can you tell me a little bit, especially from leaders point of views, how important it is for that to kind of be reciprocated from your employees up the chain of command, sort of say? Well, I have always said to uh, my audiences, um, not everybody has the right to work for you. Mm. You know, meaning every everybody can be great if they're in the space that celebrates that greatness. So, you know, in this space, we need creativity. We need um, teamwork. We need, you know, those types of things. And so making sure that we're we're not just building that type of culture, but we're hiring the people that thrive in that type of culture. Mm-hmm. And not everybody does. That's right. Right. Just like I would be horrible in a, a job that did the same thing every single day. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't do it. Yeah, I couldn't do it. So, you know, we're all great um, in our space. It's just are we aligning the space with the greatness? And, you know, people can be great in many places if it's not your place. Right. Right. I would agree with that. Um, you know, when you when you talked about the coming from the police department, you know, a different culture. Right. A um, lot of laws, mm-hmm. a lot of um, yes and no, probably a lot of process, 
um, rules that need to be followed. And I get it in that kind of environment when you've got people's uh, lives at stake, right. you know, um, but that's a different environment than what we've got here at MTI. Right. And so um, I think what Ray's talking about is that fit, right? That kind of more of that natural fit, the who you are as a human being and are we aligning that um, to the type of culture, type of job um, outcomes that we're wanting to achieve. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember the exact word for it, Dewey. So I'm going to hopefully prompt you enough to get your mind thinking, but that where people are like complying, but not willingly. Oh, well, yeah, I think what you're talking about is um, uh, from Stephen Covey's book. um, He talks about how people respond, whether they respond to a leader who's empowering them or do they or how they respond to a micromanager. Um, I think that's what you're talking about. So they go through many choices, right? So that lowest level, probably in that uh, catabolic energy level, um, it is that idea of they rebel against the micromanager or they quit. I mean, I've quit several jobs and I've also rebelled against several (laughs) micromanagers before. Um, But if they don't make that choice, sometimes they make what they call that willing compliance where they um, they'll do what you ask them to do, but they're going to do the bare minimum just to get by. Um, They're going to just, you know, I'm I'm not going to spend any extra energy. I'm not going to put any forth any extra effort. I'm just going to do what I I'm there to kind of collect the paycheck so to speak. And I think that's maybe what. Yeah. And, and now, you know, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it reminds me of the episode we did on quiet quitting, mm-hmm. you know, that when you said that, I mean, we, we know quiet quitting isn't new, whether the action or the behavior, um, you know, the, the term quiet quitting is a TikTok uh, <laughs> phenomenon, but the behavior is, you know, as wa- as long as we've been working for other people, mm-hmm. right. For our mm-hmm. livelihood. So yeah, yeah that, that yeah. willing compliance, but not necessarily really like on board and, yeah. and driving when, the bus. But when you get, when you work for a good leader, somebody who empowers you and sh- helps to shape you again with the knowledge, the skills, gives you the resources to do things, you get different responses, right? You get people who are, who happily help out. You get people who um, uh, are really committed to what it is that you're trying to accomplish. And so all those behaviors look a heck of a lot different, you know, when you are being coached versus when you're being micromanaged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's transition with the last few minutes we have here because we're kind of adding on to this this whole idea of a solar panel discussion, <laughs> you know, and, and part of this, again, is we're really working to try and and um, whether maintain or increase um, awareness of our energy or just general energy levels uh, so that we can become that gigantic solar panel or million powered light bulb, <laughs> uh, million powered watt light bulb. Is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> 10 million watt. There it is. OK. Yeah. All right. And let's so, go big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> light up that field. That's right. Right. Stadium. That, well, that might light up the whole globe. <laughs> anyway, so talk about um, now how else can we do this? And some of the things I, I thought was important in here is recognizing when there are some spaces that you can automate processes. Because right now we all know we're working with limited resource or some places are working with limited resource. Um, the Great Resignation really had a lot of you know people leaving workplaces. And so people were picking up slack. But I don't know if a lot of time was maybe spent looking at how are the processes working. So talk to me a little bit about what you've seen or maybe just some general good practices related to automating the processes that can be automated. Keep in mind, people aren't a process. (laughs) That's my number one. Automate, just like Brianna said, automate the process. But 
don't get on auto pilot with your people. Yeah. People are not yeah. processes. People though operate processes. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So um, one thing I would encourage you to do is, you know, sometimes it's been a long time since we've looked at our processes and I, I would probably suggest that sometimes um, what we, how we think the process is going is not really how it happens. Um, so really documenting, you know, and mapping those processes out and being very, very honest with yourself about what are the steps within this process, because those steps evolve. So what's in those three ring binders that standard operating procedures step by step are really not how it really works. Right. Uh, and you Don't kid yourself. Yeah, And if you start messing around with the process that you really haven't analyzed too well, chances are you're just going to make it worse. So, you know, you really need to understand exactly how this process works today, not how you think it is, not how you wish it would be, but really as it stands today. And then you can start taking a look at things like inefficiencies in that process, bottlenecks in that process, um, ways that you can use technology perhaps to automate that particular process. Um, but you, you, but that's all about the idea of continuous improvement and, and re-engineering, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't want to mess with processes that aren't stable or ones that you can really analyze. Yeah. And go to the process owner. Yeah. You know, just it, you might be the leader of these multiple processes, um, you know, from a figurative standpoint. But the people that own the process, the people that do the process, they they know the process the best mm-hmm. and go to them. And and this is where I would say that energy um, that we traditionally say, you know, like, oh, I've got a gas tank and, you know, I use it during the day. We And as it gets used, we call that ego depletion. But um Automate what you can automate. I love that because it really does free up your mind Mm -hmm. for the other stuff that you need to do, which is be creative, interact with people, um, things that, you know, use your decision making and your self-control to do. And so I'm getting ready to do an episode on um, uh, decision fatigue. And so we talk a lot about what could we automate. Um, And so I'm, I'm glad you brought this to the table. Absolutely. So you may, you're doing a session that's coming session, up for, yes. Sorry. okay, yeah, Sorry. That's, no, registration's still open for that. So what a great little prompt there at the end. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, registration's still open for, yeah, the, um, I think, how did we title it? Uh, Overcoming, Overcoming decision. decision Fatigue. Excellent. Yeah. So that's coming up in April mm-hmm. and registration is still open. You can go on our website, mti.missouri.edu for that. Uh, so with the few seconds we have left, uh, tell me any final thoughts as we are thinking about this solar panel ad on this leadership lane. It's a choice. It's a choice. Wake up every day and make a good choice. Yeah. You know, just raise your raise your level of self-awareness and your consciousness and then you can work out from there. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you all for the the hearty discussion. We covered three big topics yes. all in 30 minutes. And so uh, for our listeners out there, part four of the series, if you haven't listened to the other parts, go ahead and uh, look in the episode description. I have put links for all of those down there. Next week, we will end this series. Uh, we're going to talk about being able to uh, now decorate, all right, the insides of the workplace. And so tune in next week and uh, we'll, we'll finish up that discussion. Ray, I'm just going to toss it to you. I need to stop talking now. All right. Go be great. 
Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Peace.